The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. You little turds are going to have to learn you can't run from the ice cream man! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. These films risk-causing harm! They should be burned! I'd like to do any of these two guys at the same time. What? Hell yeah! I don't owe you any book. No more books! Subversive Cinema. Hello and welcome to season two of Subversive Cinema. We made it through season one. Hope you listened. If you didn't, please go back, check it out, and I'll still be here waiting. And to kick off season two, <laughs> we have a, uh, a delightful ditty from 2004, Murder Set Pieces by director Nick Palumbo. And to talk about this uh, sassy piece of cinema, I have brought back my favorite, favorite guest to just suck up all my punishment, Devin. (laughs) You might remember him from last season, (laughs) having been subjected to a Serbian film. Uh, And he later on helped with Thanks Killing, and he had a much better experience with that. But, uh, you know, I, I I got him down the road, too, for Faces of Death this season, so... He'll be having a real good time. But, Devin, how are you doing, sir? Um, Not as good as I was before you made me watch the movie. Uh, but Speaking okay. of the movie, had you ever heard of it? I had not even heard of this movie. Uh, I was concerned because how much you hurt me with a Serbian film that it was going to be along the same lines. I was pretty worried. Uh, I still I didn't look it up. I just said, let's just hit the play button, see what we see. Thankfully, not nearly as rough of an experience, but man, wh- why is th- why does this movie exist? <laughs> okay, yes. So we'll, we'll we'll get into this and figure it all out. So as I uh, should introduce myself, I'm your host, Art. I'm here to be your wrangler of the weird, your Sherpa to the strange, and your purveyor of the peculiar and perverted. And this movie is a little bit of all that. We are here at Subversive Cinema to talk about the weird oddities and just strange offshoots in the cinema world, and also some critically acclaimed pieces. This is not one of them. And we <laughs> look at them and figure out, well, what is it that makes these movies so unique or so special or so niched? And we break that down by looking at the story, the characters, and the what-the-fuck factor. So, here we have Murder Set Pieces. It's a little story about one very angry German dude strippers the love of photography and just (laughs) (laughs) copious amounts of fake blood i guess and and, i don't know it's it's such a it's funny because it'd been it it had been about a year since i had watched this movie the last time and I was seeing things that I didn't even realize. I think it's because I've just, after doing a season of the show and then watching a bunch of other stuff, I'm starting to see things with a different eye more than I ever had. And I remember the first time I watched it, I felt like it was going to have a wallop because of the way people write articles online. It's, it's definitely on one of these top X number of movies that are fucked up or, or dark or wrong or whatever you should see. But, you know, when I think about a Serbian film, and you'll probably agree with this, there's a huge difference that both of these are over the edge and pushing limits, but one of them looks like a movie. 
And then right. this one looks like it was something from the 90s or maybe uh, um, a Skinamax sort of feat. It just had a different look. The acting was not as solid. The writing Oof. was not there. The story, there's no story pretty much, but we'll get to that. It took itself way too seriously, but it didn't. While Serbian film was exactly what it was, and it was just a straight narrative. So it, they had very different tones. And I think if this movie was made by the same people, then this could have been an incredibly fucked up movie. But now it's actually just kind of a laugh riot because it's so absurd. I mean, it's wrong. It's fucked up. Look, there's a lot of stuff in there that happens that's not cool if it were translated to the real world. Obviously, serial killers and abusing women and things like that. That's not cool at all. Never it Correct. is. But the way it's done, it's just so cartoonish, you can't help but to say, what the fuck am I watching, right? Right. Uh, I, I spent the first 30 minutes just laughing. Uh, the, the main main uh, character, the actor, took, again, this movie takes itself very seriously and it has no r right to do this. Um, he, he's German and has almost kind of an accent but not a german accent he's got some kind of weird voice to him but then he'll slip into just speaking and screaming german which is actually it sounds legit there's no i didn't see any subtitles but i was like yeah. well i guess this is german this sounds german he's, he's very angry and yelling weird sounds so i believe you that you're german um but he tries his best to look so cool and menacing and does not pull it off. <laughs> like this yeah. guy is a fucking loser. It's like he puts. It's so funny because you know what? Sven Garrett, the 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 gentleman who portrayed the photographer, actually was born in Hanover, Germany. But it's like the way he was speaking. Yes, it's not. It's he's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I guess isn't Schwarzenegger Austrian though? I guess he's Austrian. But still, you get that. You get that vibe. That, okay, you're definitely foreign. Some Eastern yeah. European country. I got you. Um, this was just odd because it wasn't like he was secretly American and then he would slip into German. Right. He was just speaking strangely and then would speak in a German, slip into German, but he wasn't speaking with a German accent. So it was just strange. I, I don't understand <laughs> what he was trying to do. If he's from Germany, uh, I would imagine he probably had somewhat of an accent. If he doesn't, you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, it, it was it was bad. Now, granted, that might not be completely his fault. Uh, the writing is terrible. Uh, the direction is atrocious. I, I mean, uh, early on, trying to portray him as this cool, suave guy, uh, they have a random scene where a woman is just drinking a beer at a slot machine and you know, she hits the button and she's not getting anything. She hits the button again. She's not getting anything. And he saunters over, says nothing, puts one coin in, hits the button and hits a jackpot. Like, oh, what a cool guy. And she's like, aren't you lucky? I was like, this is terrible. Well, I, I, I had to, it was funny because I was actually beginning. I was, my wife was sitting with me while I was starting to watch the movie before she ran off to bed. And I, when that scene came up, I was like, oh, that's one of my favorite slot machines. It's Wheel of Fortune. I love that game. And as I was watching, then when he comes over, puts the, the coin in and hits it. I wonder how many times they did it because it hit on all null, like spaces between the 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 icons. And on and it just started making all these ding, 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 you know, all these beeping sounds. 
And I'm thinking, it's like, nah, B, when you hit that, you get two credits. I know that game. You get ding, ding. <laughs> that's what you get. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so, I, I didn't even look to see if it actually hit on anything. I was like, it, it, no, it didn't. It, it hit on null and you would have gotten two credits back. That's it. <laughs> as she's sitting there, I was like, this is so, this is insanely predictable. But we're, we're missing the big thing about the fact that they cast, not just cast, that the, the, the primary antagonist i don't i can't call him the hero of the movie because he's not but the focus of the film the killer the anti-hero is german but that's not enough we have to make him have a nazi lineage right right there's a saying i remember hearing a while ago and I've, i love using it all the time now it's putting too much butter on the toast it's like just when you think right. you've put enough stuff they're like eh, let's put a little bit more on there it's not just that he's a psychotic killer who you know rapes and beats women but let's make him a nazi as well yeah. and then let's also you know make him like to to cut them up oh and then let's make him a cannibal because we can right. and then let's make him you know love to screw the dead body pieces because we, we can uh, um it, it all very much felt like an exercise of trying to get a rise out of people you know as and opposed to not. having a purposeful narrative thrust, which, you know, in that case, it certainly pissed off a bunch of people. I mean, I, I love looking at the, the Metacritic of 13 <laughs> score Oof. with, Out of 10? Um, with some uh, wonderful things like New York Post gave it a zero, Village Voice gave it a zero, New York Times gave it a zero. And yet the one that gave it the highest rating, the Christian Science Monitor. <laughs> what? <laughs> they gave it 75. <laughs> what? I know. Okay. All right. Let's, oh, let's, oh, try, let's dive into this thing. So okay. I, I can try to break down the movie, but it's really hard. This particular version that we had, which is the director's cut, it starts with a quote from Jack the Ripper, because why not? And then probably then follows up with something that I actually did find to be a bit tasteless, which was actual footage from 9-11 on the streets. Right. Um, which I didn't understand why it was there other than just to be there. Then we go into a montage before of the uh, main credits with flashbulb images of various women in states of torture. And then we see our anti-hero doing his business, running around and all that stuff. He's now you see this guy, he's a photographer. And then you find out very quickly that he's dating this woman. She has a younger sister and this, he has a strange relationship with the, the youngest sister. And this guy also has a terrible memory. <laughs> It's like he never knows what day of the week it is. He's like his his favorite question to ask is how is school. Yeah. It's like it's a Saturday, <laughs> and then we are treated to this weird hodgepodge for the rest of the movie of him meeting a woman or a stripper. Usually it's a stripper. I'm pretty sure he actually used the entire stripper corral in all of Las Vegas for this movie. Right. Meets a woman, photographs them. They get naked. He has sex with them, then he kills them. Then wash, rinse, repeat, and he drives around in his muscle car. The only narrative in the entire thing is really his girlfriend's younger sister being suspicious of him and slowly starting to investigate him and then discovering what he's doing. And then that's it. And those beats come few and far between. Sure. Uh, along the way, we're just treated to a lot of torture porn stuff. And also some delightful cameos that now I know where the $2 million budget went. $2 million? 
Yes. Uh, now, to be fair, the movie was shot on film. So that's part of it. <laughs> I'm sure that okay. costs money. But yeah, we have Tony Todd. Everybody knows him from Candyman and oodles of other things. Uh, right. If you're a Trekkie nerd like me, he was also Worf's brother in the, <laughs> the next generation. Yeah, oh, should I didn't know that. Yes, he was. And you have Gunnar Hansen, who is Leatherface. And then we have, for a very, very brief moment, Serena Vincent, who was in Cabin Fever. <laughs> there you go. And actually, no, I think Edwin Neal, who was the guy in the car, I believe he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He was, yes. So the good Samaritan in the car who picks her up was one of the family members in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I forgot about him. Other than that, we have our Sven Garrett, the photographer, and a litany of strippers. And how do I know? Well, this is their only credit. So that's a fair assumption, I would think. So, yeah, yeah that's it. That's the story. I mean, it's it's um, it's it's not really full. So there's that. It is a nothing of a movie. It is absolutely it's absolutely a nothing of a movie. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I sat there. Uh, he, you know, he comes in. He's inexplicably wealthy because he has a, this massive house uh so i imagine he he would have some type of high profile job or something that paid very well so he'd be semi-known um that to the fact that if he was murdering uh dismembering and eating a bunch of strippers someone would be slightly curious uh because he has when you go into his secret basement he has dozens of skulls uh, he has a, a, a freezer full of blood and one skull. Like there's just one skull in there, and I'm like, well, I don't know why there's just a single. He has a. He, has well, a he said it's. Skull. He remember he said time to fill up. Yeah, it was so bad. It, all of the little quotes they try to make to like little you know punches in the movie are just delivered so poorly. So he's you know dating this girl and with younger sister. She's suspicious of him. Charlotte is the girl, yes, played by Valerie Baber or Baber. Now, granted, she's a child. Her friend is also a child. I don't fault them for the bad acting. Oh, the the younger daughter or the younger sister, Jade, yes. Yes, yeah. I, I don't fault them for the for the bad acting. Like, oh, well, they're, they're kids. I'm forgiven. Uh, the adults, it is all around terrible. Um, so he's dating, you know, he's dating this woman and she got her she's got her younger sister younger sister is obviously suspicious the older sister is like oh you're just jealous and you're just doing this just typical b-movie horror stuff it's just well before we get too far on the rails of that uh, what i want to know so uh, yes we uh, out of out of the litany of characters that we all (laughs) probably don't really care about or like uh if there was any that stood out to you that you had to pick, and I really hope you don't pick mine, but we'll see. Did any stand out at all? That I enjoyed, or yeah, just sure. stand out, period? Yeah, because okay. I did uh, find somebody that I could enjoy myself, but yes. Um, or even if you didn't enjoy, maybe it was just something they did. I mean, you know. I thought Tony Todd was fine. Okay. Um, in there, he was the porn shop owner. I thought he at least acted it well. He was just kind of being a dickhead, like, man... I'll try to sell you this stuff. We don't have snuff films. Leave me alone. Oh, that's uh, exactly what I was just about to play. Do you mean this section? This is an adult bookstore. 
okay? Adult bookstore. So what do you want? Don't come in here fucking asking me about some fucking degenerate ass, what the, what kind of fucking degenerate fuck ass are you, man? Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck you think this is, man? Huh? Get the fuck out of my place. Get out of my store. Jeremy, you fucking weird ass motherfucking freak. <laughs> he, he started really ramping up and had like a little bit of that dolomite energy in there. Yeah. It's like oh, you so rat soup eating motherfucker is what I was expecting <laughs> him to say. <laughs> I did enjoy that exchange. Um, yeah, I, I, I think was, we picked uh, the same character. Tony Todd. Yeah. He uh, was delightful. Because um, Gunnar Hansen, uh, you know, the gentleman who played Leatherface, his character in there, I don't even know why he existed. He, He's just uh, there to give him a firearm. Him getting a firearm makes no goddamn sense. I know. I know. And I think it's also to show that he's a pervert in that, you know, this guy, this older dude's like willing to sell a young girl for sex that you hear about. You don't see, you hear him talk about it. But I guess it's supposed to show the quote unquote moral compass of the photographer because no, he's not going to do that. He'll kill a little girl later, actually a bunch of them, but he won't defile them. Sure. I guess that's why that scene's there. I don't know. Other than that, you have this mechanic who's sitting there, and I'm now looking at his shirt. It is like the most staged mechanic-y shirt. Like, why is there grease palm prints on his back? Is he giving himself pats on the back the entire time? It's always it's only on the shoulders. It's not on the sides. The rest of the shirt is pristine and clean. <laughs> I don't understand this costume design. And then, of course, you have to have a Nazi flag in there because why not? Let's just exactly. have more Nazi regalia everywhere in this it's, fucking movie. It's so it's it's so hit you over the head with it because he shows up. Uh, th this killer has been murdering people with a shaving razor. Yeah, he's got a straight razor. Was what he uses. Yeah, yep. he's got a straight razor. He's slitting throats. He's do he's cutting nipples off. Uh, but then he does he drives to this mechanic's house, goes in to see this big Nazi flag. He sits down to go buy a German gun and then leaves, uses it once to kill a bunch of people and then never uses it again. In the porn store, that's right, yeah. Yeah, he goes to the porn store, he shoots a bunch of people because when he goes to the porn store to get a snuff film, which as Tony Todd said, we don't have that kind of degenerate bullshit there. Uh, out of nowhere, you have people who come in to rob the place. And this scene is hilariously bad because two men come in to start rob the place. They've got like Uzis. Uh, they just, one guy just starts shooting people. Uh, like, hey, put your hands up. I want to say, you know what? I want to pause for a second and say, I have another, another favorite character. And oh, really? it is the security guard who comes through. He's every security guard ever. He is oh, yeah. this obvious police academy, you know, washout. He's uh, he's definitely more than a few pounds overweight, and he's wearing full tactical gear and then a polo shirt over top of it. And he uh, and he carries himself in this manner. Hey, put your guns down, motherfuckers! Now, fucking gun down! Get out! Gun down now! Put him down! Put now! Your fucking gun down! I'll blow your fucking head off! There's a funny 
thing that happens when the bad guys shoot their guns, it's clearly multiple rounds firing, yet there's only one bullet hit. When <laughs> One bullet, you know, security guard gets hit with one bullet. The security guard shoots the robber in the chest. The robber just keeps walking around like nothing's wrong. Uh, he just like, gently puts his fingers over the like, wound because oh, you know no. you got it. You got to plug the hole. Oh no! Keeps trying to rob the place. So then our our main antagonist pulls his gun out, starts kills both the robbers, and you're like, okay, so I guess he's kind of a hero. I, maybe I don't know what why he did this. Then goes and just kills everybody else. Well, you know that he does leave one woman alive. So he does shoot the store owner, then he leaves like the goth chick alone. Fun fact, one of the robbers, there's two, the guy who was the one with the gun who uh, did a lot of the talking, that was played by a fella named Fred Vogel. And Fred Vogel is known for an entire film series that I'm probably going to at least cover one of them in the future. And guess what, Devin? You're up. Awesome. Called august underground and those are supposed to be home video diaries of a serial killer doing so essentially he's making his own snuff films so that's what you get to look forward to so fred vogel i guess he's another i didn't realize he was in nevada or las vegas so um another subversive maker of of cinema that is meant to to piss off and incite uh had a little cameo here so great <laughs> okay all right, so Excellent. let's say this. So the characters, we we found common ground on Mr. Security Guard and Tony Todd, and that's about it. Story, I wish I could really go through it, but we already talked. I mean, we can just sit there and highlight things, but that's really going to be more of, I guess, the what the fuck section. Because the problem is there is really no narrative. It's just sort of a series of events that happen with none really informing the other nor driving things forward. There's no thrust. There's no need for scene a to go to b to c because they're all sort of scene a you know it's just sort of the same thing over and over again apart from the fact that jade is suspicious and eventually steals the key to his house to go investigate but uh, i guess there's one thing i can't even say it's great but i like how they try to infuse along the way these memory callbacks of him being a young boy whose mother was a prostitute who herself was bound and killed. And as if that's a justification for him to now go and do the same thing to women. Because his mother was a prostitute who was murdered, he's going to murder prostitutes, I guess. Because that's psychology? And they only barely tell the audience this. There's multiple flashbacks that he, it's just a young boy sitting on the train, train tracks alone. The next flashback, he's on the train tracks, and there's a woman who looks like she's either a stripper or a prostitute, kind of begging him to come towards her, but almost seductively. Which is his mother, which is so weird. Very strange. Um, and Because it's not just, hey, come here. It's, you know, do the little finger, finger move and then swishing your hair and adjusting your hair. And then it was very, it was very sexual to a boy who's probably seven years old. And I, I don't know why the train tracks exist. Uh, I thought like maybe maybe a train comes at some point in this flashback. I'm not sure. Uh, every time it cuts back to it, to this boy, I, I feel that the director's trying to tell you that, oh, this guy has had a, such a messed up past. That's why he's so messed up. But it falls so flat that I'm, I'm like, 
Yeah, okay, I get what you're doing. This doesn't make any sense. Can we please get back to whatever other dumb current day story you're trying to tell me? Uh, man, I hated this movie. <laughs> I, I want to take a moment and say the other thing that bothered me with the story, and this is, this is it, it's the timing, everything the way it's timed, the editing, the way the story is visually told, right? I had a yeah. problem because there were so many harsh cuts and it just yes. felt very amateur. Now, are you ready to have your fucking mind thrown for a loop here? The yes. guy who edited this movie, he edited Escape from New York. He edited The Thing, Star Trek The Motion Picture. This guy is an accomplished editor for decades. What? For fucking decades, and he's still working to this day as an editor. Now, I will say that sometime in the 90s to 2000s, he shifted to the straight-to-video market. He wasn't doing as many things. You know, I think his last big uh, theater theatrical release was gang-related. But I, I just couldn't get my head around the fact that this guy worked with John Carpenter, like, twice. And then he, you see this movie... And I just wonder what happened. Like, I guess maybe he was, I guess that's, he was just told to edit a certain way. I don't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I don't know. It, it had the harshest cuts I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Todd Ramsey. So you all can look him up. Todd Ramsey's the, the, the editor's name, but. It was so abrupt and jarring. I honestly thought it was a new editor editing it because it, you know, there was no transitions. Like there was none at all. It was just moment to moment. It was very bad. It was very, very bad. Um, it, it made it hard to even try to, to follow along with what was going on because an entire location would change or it cuts to a flashback, but it's so, it's so harsh that you're like, what, wait, wait, what am I, what am I seeing right now? What, I don't understand. Oh, oh, okay. I get it. Every time there was a cut, it was that feeling. And it takes you, I mean, obviously it's a terrible movie and you don't, you're not getting into it. But it takes you out of out of what you're viewing so much that every scene does feel like its own separate thing. They they just said, "Here, next scene, go go." I am also surprised that this is an actual accomplished editor. This felt like the guy who wrote it, produced it, also edited. Just pure amateur, B level at best uh, work. That's what it felt like. Let's see if this will have the sound I'm looking for. <laughs> there you <Yeah>. go. <laughs> so we're going from from this rock music, death metal stuff to you know of him getting his camera ready to go out to do his uh, his serial killer photography stripper portfolio thing, and then cut to you know Bucktooth Billy in the flannel shirt sitting on the railroad tracks looking at his stripper mother, you know, bidding him to come towards her. And then we aggressively cut from that to him having sex over a weight bench with, I'm guessing, someone he went and took pictures of. She's just sort of shows up, so we're not even quite sure what just happened. And she also, not only uh, does she just show up out of nowhere in the movie, and he is, she does not want to have sex with him. So that scene was uncomfortable but then i think in the middle of it she just dies she just uh, dies. yeah that's that yes yeah, she just but she's not cut she's not he didn't stab her no there's no there's no dies. wounds she just 
ceases. Yeah, and then blood comes out of her mouth. I yeah. Said, I, okay, I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's... Uh, but I'm three quarters of the, of the way through this movie at this point, and I've... Oh, no, no, this is only halfway. <laughs> uh, it felt like an eight-hour... Uh, it's hard. I meant nothing during this whole movie. All right, fuck it. Let's just move on to what the fuck. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know. That's all we have. Here, Here's one innocent what the fuck. I love how the idea of it being Halloween is having five kids trick-or-treating and then putting one jack-o'-lantern that's a plug-in jack-o'-lantern in every set. And that is it. Like, that is literally the degree to which Las Vegas will celebrate Halloween, apparently. I forgot it was Halloween throughout the entire movie. It doesn't even matter. There's no fucking sense. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. The only yeah. reason that they say is so that the kids could say, oh, I'm going to go as a zombie. But you know what? It has no narrative point. It doesn't matter. It, it literally could be any time of year. It has no bearing on the story. You know, there was no need for that detail. This movie, like you said, is all what the fuck moments. Like you said, there's no narrative. So, <clears throat> okay. So I'm going to try to go in chronological order of, Things that I said, what the hell is going on right now? Okay. Um, so, you know, obviously the, our main guy is dating a girl, uh, but he's given her a key to her house. And at this point, you already know that he's a murderer. And I don't understand why this man who's photographing people and murdering people is giving a girl that he visibly does not like that much. He is openly mean to her a key to his house, which eventually is a real key to his house. It does unlock the door to his house. Like, this makes no fucking sense. <laughs> this makes no, why would you? It, it's only there because later it has, she has to have a key to the house. It it, the motivations don't make any sense. Uh, they all have dinner together and it's, it's the fakest, bloodiest steak that I've ever seen. And <laughs> She's like, do you have to eat your steak so bloody? And he goes into this tirade about how you need the blood because you need the iron because women have low iron and need to have more blood. Two things. One, what the fuck are you talking about? And two, it's not goddamn blood in the steak. This is, okay, this is, this is a personal thing. It, blood is hemoglobin, right? Okay, cool. So what's, what the red shit you see from a steak is myoglobin. It is not fucking blood. There's no veins going through the meat that is just pumping blood out. So a bloody steak does not actually have fucking blood. So all the blood he has on that plate is not fucking real. The whole scene doesn't make a goddamn sense. I, I just want to say that him talking about this dissertation about women, it sounds like it should be coming from some guy named Harvey in the 1950s who is wearing a business suit and smoking Lucky Strike cigarettes. <laughs> you know, right. it's just like, it's such an anti, it's such a bullshit antiquated sort of point of view. There's, it's, it's so just, misogynist. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely. Uh, it, the women take all the blood from men. And so it's time for month, you to give it back later. They, 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 they once a month, they let it out. It was like, oh, they, yeah, they Christ, spill man. it out. You know what? Why don't we just let it come from the man's mouth himself? Blood is good. It's good for you. Blood contains iron. And you need iron to reproduce new blood cells. See, that's a problem with women. Women have an iron deficiency. 
<laughs> Among other things. And women need more iron than men. It's ironic. Women suck blood out of men every day. But at the end of every month, it leaks out. Jesus Who talks to like an 11 year old child this way? In front of her sister, who is your girlfriend slash lover. And by the way, I love that the sister just giggles. She's like, he giggles. Yeah. Like, Fine, Women have an it. iron deficiency. He, he, he. What? what? Why are you giggling? The, he says women have an iron deficiency. What are you doing? I don't oh, Who wrote God. this shit? Uh, well, that would be director Nick Palumbo. Uh, oh, was the no, writer and shit. the director. So, and, yeah. So then he, she, the, the daughter, the sister has to use the bathroom. And she takes this time to go sneak through his house. Because that's what one does, yeah. Yeah, apparently. Um, she sneaks through, through the house. She finds the, ra- you know, the straight razor that he has. She opens it up to look at it. And then he also, obviously, he appears. This is so just bad 80s cliche that I'm surprised this is 2004. Don't forget that he picks up the picture of like Hitler and I don't know, like Goebbels or some fucking guy. Like it's a famous Nazi. And he says, that was my grandfather. And then he looks at this picture and then he touches it. So long, see, it's it's like, look again, too much butter on the toast, man. It's like nobody behaves this way. Nobody does this. No, you know, and it's <laughs> caresses it gently as if he's just having a, a fucking waking moment. It, it's yeah. So okay. <laughs> All right. So so that's good time. So blood on the stakes. It's a good WTF. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I hate it. Um, <laughs> he's, he's constantly creeping around children. No one says anything about this strange man in a leather jacket who is just by himself taking pictures of children and standing at a, at a fence watching five children, the only five children dressed up for Halloween, just running across a field. He stands there and just stares at them. And no one, no one bats an eye. This is totally fine. Uh, it's a different time, Devin. Different time. I guess, you know, 2004 was a different time. You could just google google um preteens and it was just you know that's that's what you do <laughs> that's just kind of what you do i i would like to take a moment and actually go back and say my my other favorite character his absurd sideburns <laughs> they're so so it's bad. literally like somebody cut a beard in half <laughs> they line up to the corners of his mouth these sideburns it is incredible <laughs> it, it, it just makes him look so stupid too uh, i know again you have you have generations you have errors and different looks like no one has frosted tips in their hair anymore everything and you know looking back looks so stupid this is a bad look even in 2004 <laughs> you, you just look like a creep and you're you're just a walking red flag man and a walking red Nazi just, flag. A walking red Nazi flag. 
how he is enticing all these women. Uh, I mean, it's everywhere he goes. He's well, look, I mean, he's lady. ripped. I mean, he's pretty he's buff. In great shape. I mean, you know this because they keep cutting the scenes where he's just bench pressing for no fucking reason. Well, he he's got to keep up that that physique, and uh, and then you also, but he's not just and whatever he's shirtless, he's always covered in blood too. Because why not? You have to be. I mean, what? Why would you not do reps? You're gonna take a shower anyway. You might yeah, as well you get your workout in. <laughs> you you got to get a pump showers. in, right? <laughs> yeah, like two showers is a waste. He's fiscally responsible and cares about the environment, and I I applaud that. That's fine. Yeah. It. it you, you've brought home so many strippers. There's got to be some trail of like, hey, what happened to Stacy? Well, I know she said she was leaving with that dude right there. And we haven't <laughs> seen her since. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, there's got to be something. Like, granted, it's Vegas. Strippers go missing. I imagine, as a cliche, no one cares about Vegas strippers. Sure. He's also taking pictures of women in the nude in the middle of the day in like a public park. Oh, it's and just, they're also practically just having sex in the middle exactly, of the park. I think, I think, I think she, he's like, bite her butt. I was like, look, dude, it's like 2 p.m. And you're just amongst the trees. And like, like anyone could walk by and you're like, it's, it's totally fine. None of this makes me goddamn sense. At some point, the police should have been involved. You think? No, I mean, no, no. he's he's too cool. That's like what got the dating game killer Rodney Alcala caught up. Other, you know, was the fact that he would go off and take pictures of these young girls, and you know, try to take them home to murder them. And people would be like, "Oh, well, Beth or Becky went with this weirdo who had a camera." I mean, exactly. it's like everybody reports it, but apparently they don't do it with this guy. Exactly. So I. I want to I want to hear one of his little his little uh, German diatribes. Let's let's see if okay. we can uh, figure out what this is. Ich bin die Strafe Gottes. Oh, and there's a wonderful cut, by the way. Look at that. It was a twofer. It yeah. goes from him shouting into the mirror, shirtless, of course, to a cut of him driving along the freeway outside of Vegas. So, can we take a second and talk about him shirtless? Because what, what they Please. did in this movie to show how crazy he is, right, is that in between scenes, they would do stuff where it's just like him alone flexing and screaming and from a different oh, angles. Oh, yeah, the interstitial like stuff. A, like a complete madman. And it's so uncomfortably bad. Like, all right, look, look, listen, Sven, I need you to just flex and scream at the camera. And, and and it's just it's it's, it's panned out. There's, there's it's not like it's up in your face. It's just like a guy. It's like looking at a guy twenty yards away just screaming. You're like, all right, well that guy's fucking weird. I'm moving on with my life. There was nothing threatening or imposing about it. It was just strange, uh, and it, it it did not do anything to make him look like more of a monster, which was the only purpose of these cuts. I can't express how much I hated them. Like, you're, you're so bad at this. You're so bad at this. Um, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's it, that's it. So talk about those interstitials. There's one where it's it could be a dream sequence. We're not sure because what follows directly afterwards 
it's a rough cut back to another scene. But he's in his film studio, and he is now the one being photographed by this bloody woman, and he's terrified of her, and she's just all sorts of fucked up. Do you think that's supposed to be his mother, or is this just any other victim that he had? Or do I you assumed think that it was that's his too mother. Deep. It doesn't make it. It's not that. It's it's far simpler than that. No, I I assume this is his mother. Um, that's the. The only thing that quote unquote makes sense, uh, nothing makes sense, but I saw it, I said, okay, this is his uh, decomposed mom who he probably had some sort of inappropriate relationship with. Maybe she took pictures of him and abused him as a, as a kid. Uh, they don't explain any of that. Um, they do flashbacks with him uh, caressing a baby doll. Um, so he's definitely been fucked up since he was a little kid. I assume the zombie woman, Photographing him is his dead mom in his mind. That was my thought, but I, I it was hard to tell. You know, yeah, it's very you, hard you, to tell. You can't tell anything because they don't tell a good story. So you don't know. So one thing I will mention that I, I'll, I'll be kind now is one thing I'll say that I thought was very effective. There was one moment in this entire movie that I thought was incredibly effective or very affecting. And it also came about during a sequence that I was just like, wait, what's going on? And that's when he apparently seems to have not just another girlfriend, but like an entire different family. And he goes home to dinner with this German woman, just comes out of left field. He just goes over to have dinner with her. And uh, we're left to assume because in the director's cut, I didn't see any subtitles. You didn't see any subtitles. But she talks to him in German much of the time. I don't know what she's saying. But they have a child. There's, I think it's a little girl. At least that's what it looked like in the credits. And he clearly gets into a fight with the mother. It gets very ominous, and then it cuts away to the baby crying. He walks in. He's dripping with blood, so now you know the mother's dead. And he puts the razor on the edge of the um, crib and picks up the, the baby. And then the next cut, which is the one I was saying was very affecting, was seeing this this little child run down the hallway covered in blood, crying, and goes to the dead mother. And it was just, that one sequence was just incredibly disturbing and very affecting to me. And maybe that's because I'm going to be a dad soon, but it just had a very different, like, it just felt the most honest out of everything. And again, maybe it's part of it to say he doesn't kill little kids. I don't know what the reasoning is. Maybe it's his kid. I have no idea. Maybe there's no reason. But as far as visually, it was a pretty arresting moment that I have to give some credit to. And, and honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I thought that that scene of, of the bloody, you know, the blood-covered child walking, screaming, and going to what is clearly the dead mother, I thought it was shot well. I said, man, I remember thinking... I wonder how many takes it took to have this. It's a it's a toddler, so yeah. Just trying to control what a toddler does filming has got to be difficult. And I'm assuming that kid, that actress has to be the actual mother. It has to be. There's no way because the kid's coming screaming his face off, and comes comes over and walks and goes directly to the mother and kind of leans in. I was like, that was a actually a decent shot, but. This is the, I agree. This is the only good shot in this movie that I thought uh, I saw. Um, it still doesn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, <laughs> it's still fucking stupid. 
Yeah, it just but sort I, of comes I, I out thought, of nowhere, right? Oh, I said, that was shot well. Okay, back back to the rest of this garbage can. Let's let's, let's keep this shit show ro- rolling. Well, but then now we go back to literally right after that sequence. He's sitting in a chair by the pool and he's having a nightmare. Oh. And we're treated to more fucking footage from 9-11, which I don't. I don't understand exactly what it's supposed to do here because it's intercut between shots of these little girls, these young girls, I should say, that are in Halloween garb that he's eventually going to kill. Um, and he's having a very, very bad time of this dream. But I just don't understand how how 9-11 has anything to do with him. Like, I just don't get it. Like, it just feels, other than this fact of, let's just put this here because it's there. I, 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 it just doesn't feel motivated at all, but I guess that's pretty much the story for much of this. So, yeah, this was the only part of the movie where I was actually mad <laughs> because all of a sudden, you know, because we have these abrupt scene cuts. He's, I think, laying by a pool. He's in basically like a, like a pool chair, just in like swim trunks, and he's having a nightmare. He's convulsing, like visibly shaking. And then it just cuts to actual footage of 9 11. I was like, yo, what the? F- fuck is going on does he have something to do with 9-11 and then like you said it cuts to these children in halloween costumes what and then back to more shots of 9-11 he's convulsing and he wakes up and he's breathing heavy i was like what the fuck does this mean and then they never go back to it it just moves on i was like what the fuck i wasn't unhappy about this everything else was this is silly this is bad like this is tasteless what were you thinking? Who said, hey, so I saw the rough cut of this movie. I think we should keep this part in. Um, someone should have tapped him on the shoulder and said, dude, have you lost your fucking mind? <laughs> Scrap this scene. It literally does nothing for this movie. There's literally nothing about him being at the pool and shaking in a nightmare that is further in the story. And, and maybe... Yeah. Don't put 9/11, actual 9-11 footage in your movie. You fucking idiot. It just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, uh, so I, but, was, I, I was unhappy. But I, I will contrast it by saying that when Jade does go to the house, he does That's have right. a rather charming little jack-o'-lantern on his front step that looks like it's some sort of outline of a man in a hat or some sort of ghost sort of being coy. I'm not quite sure. It's hard to tell. But it lights up and goes out, and it, it's that's just that's just endearing. It's good that even a psychopath can have a little bit of seasonal cheer. I guess. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I'm then, so angry. But wait, then so we're gonna double down because he has he has a green jack o' lantern on his kitchen counter when she picks up the biggest fucking knife, which looks like a sword in her hand, because he is about to get creative with a chainsaw. <laughs> This sequence actually led me to one of the things that I, this is fucked up to laugh at, but again, when the violence is over the top and it just becomes absurd and I can't help, yes. but when he takes the chainsaw to the poor woman's head, she starts screaming and keeps screaming. Yeah, exactly. He keeps cutting and I thought it was the funniest thing because I'm like, all right, literally after five seconds of this, your motor functions and everything stop. Like you're done. He's halfway through her head. 
he got halfway through and she was still screaming and all i'm thinking is this is so ridiculous it's so so ridiculous it's yeah i had the same exact thought i said bitch this bitch should not still be screaming like like your brain is mush at this point yeah you don't know <laughs> you don't know what's going on you're <laughs> done you're, you're dead can you stop and I, I will uh, give him credit that in his his little girl with the dragon tattoo dungeon that he's built in this house, he soundproofed the shit out of it because you can have yeah. this happening, and then it's perfectly silent. <laughs> when you don't hear a thing when Jade's you walking don't hear around, a goddamn thing. Uh, and Jade even get into the house, her get into the house. Oh, she had to hitchhike with the creepy guy who again, well, not creepy guy. Sorry, he ended up being an honest guy. She just walks up to this dude at a gas station and says, I need to get out of here. And she's like, okay. He's like, okay. Yeah, because so she's so suspicious of the man that she goes to steal the key that he has given her older sister, his girlfriend at the point, um, that she is now hidden above the cabinets in the kitchen. Well, I don't know why, if your boyfriend gives you a key to your house, why you're hiding it above the cabinets in your kitchen. This doesn't make any sense. The younger sister knows where it is. Uh, the older sister gets a phone call, which you don't know it's from the, the main guy, the boyfriend. Uh, but while she's on the phone, the younger sister goes and climbs up and grabs the key and knocks it over, is afraid she's gonna get caught and grabs the key and then walks out. She walks out um, because this is after a bunch of little girls have died, including the younger sister's best friend. Mm -hmm. uh, so now the younger sister is very suspicious, uh, but the older sister will not believe that anything is wrong with her boyfriend. So little girl, I'm on a mission to go solve this case. So she just walks out and then she just appears at a gas station. I don't know if it's a quarter mile up the street, but it's the middle of the night. She just finds a car that someone has gone inside to pay for gas. She just gets in this car in the passenger seat and just sits there. So when this man comes back out, gets in his car, he looks and there's just a little girl. He's like, what are you doing in my car? Which is a reasonable question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> me, I'd say, you need to get the hell out of my car. I don't know what's going on. You need to get out. And she's like, I need your help. Uh, I'm all alone. He looks at her and says, you are all alone. And then just drives her where she wants to go. I was like, she what? sold it. You know what? Best actress around. Uh, <laughs> and so I guess she says, take me home. She doesn't actually say take me home, but she just pulls it up at the, our main guy's house. Uh, and she gets out and the, the good Samaritan's like, hey, I don't know what trouble you're in but don't ever let me catch you hitchhiking again. What the fuck? Shut the fuck up. And she just like, okay, and gets out like, what are you doing? This is stupid. Okay, and then he drives off. None of that had to happen. You could have just had her appear at his house. This whole scene was stupid. Why you paid money for that man to make this scene? Fuck yourself. Look, I think, look, Devin, a lot of this was just unnecessary. I, I feel like that was just, again, another way to... How can we inject a horror legend or at least somebody connected with a horror legend into this film? 
I didn't even know who he was. I I know. I I had to look it up because he did look familiar, but I couldn't quite get it. So uh, I just want to touch on one other thing because I think we are just about giving this a little bit too much time. That is, in fact, her sister who's inside the basement, chained inside that cubby she climbs into, right? I believe so. It's um, again, there's so much blood or makeup, it's hard to tell. Mm, um, mm. I think so. Because she does try to touch her face, which is she's the only woman in the basement she tries to touch. So I feel like it has to be her. But it's covered in maggots, which makes no sense because it means the girl should have been dead for a bit. Yeah, but the timeline. Our, our little girl has talked to her sister. I would imagine that night, three right? Hours because ago. she stole the key from it's her that night. night. The same Which, goddamn night. Also, there's a scene with him having sex with the sister. Correct. So it, just, the timeline's very confusing. She's riding him, and he just pushes her off, and she just yeah. deals with it. I was like, this, 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 this. And he was like, first I thought she was on the phone with him, and I guess maybe that's what it was. Is you, there's no real conversation. Maybe it's like them saying, hey, why don't you come over or whatever. And then she... Look, you know what? I'm not even going to try because the timeline's luck. Because I'm looking back at this now. You know what happens? He Remember how he had that 9-11 dream? Yeah. Broad daylight, right? Next yeah. cut is at night in the gas station getting okay. a car ride. And okay. it's it just... Right. A, fuck it. Whatever. Doesn't make any yeah. sense. Okay. Um, we're oh, just going to okay. go ahead. We're just going to go ahead and wrap this up. Let's give this thing a fucking rating. How how subversive do you think this thing is on the scale of one to ten? Um, you know how this goes. So yeah. honestly, <laughs> what, what, how did it rank? I for don't you? even. I don't even give it subversive. I give it like a two. It's it's just, really not that subversive. No, it's not. It's really it's, not. It's just fucking bad. It's it's um, very it's very expected, and when you start coming out the gate, the way this movie did. There's nowhere to go. You yeah. literally start with the worst as far as you seeing what these these victims have had to go through. And you just set it up. It's like, it's, so you're just watching more of the same. Yeah, this isn't American Psycho where you've got this awesome guy who's also murdering. Yeah, you, you see this guy who's got some simpatico, but then all of a sudden you're like, well, he's fucking crazy. But then there's something charming about him. This guy, there's yeah. no charm. There's nothing there's, there's about none him. none of that. And the worst part is that... I, I, I know we're kind of we're, we're wrapping up, but we need to actually have a quick talk about the fact that as a younger girl gets caught in the house, he slashes her back up. She gets out and walks away, and then yes. it, the scene changes. He just gets on a bus and leaves. Yeah, like, and that's when they shoehorn it, in that uh, appearance from Serena Vincent from Cabin Fever. That's who she is. Which, fun fact, apparently she did not know she was cast within 24 hours of this filming, and she did not know what the movie was about. And when she found out, she said, can you please either cut me out or take my name off of it? And the director did not oblige. <laughs> That's fair. Like, All nope. that is fair. He's like, no, nope, uh, you cashed um, that two grand check or whatever it was. I'm going to go ahead and have my, uh, my second build actress, Serena Vincent, for her 14 lines in this movie. <laughs> and that's it. It's not even... It, it's supposed to be, oh, he lives to strike another day. It's... it's, it's Oh, God, it's just... This oh, movie, and on top of that, he's going to Los Angeles, the mecca of gullible people, where if you have a camera 
and you can promise them things, it's like it's opening up for a sequel, which never happened, obviously. Good. Good. Um, and I also have so to say that this was the last film that Nick Palumbo directed. He had only made two features. First one was Nutbag, which was the movie that the photographer was asking Tony Todd about in the film. <laughs> really? Yes, he, he was asking him about his own movie and Murder Set Pieces. Uh, this movie effectively just shut him out from anybody and anywhere. Like, this Good. is it. They just shut him out entirely from the industry. The only subversive thing I would give it, again, is the actual footage of the 9-11 attack, which was tasteless, honestly had no point in the movie. He just said, I want to shock people. I'm going to put footage of this in there. Um, it, it, it played no part to it. Um, so I would give that, that's the only two points it gets out of, a, a, I guess, a 10 rating yeah. for it being subversive. The rest of it is just straight up bad. It, it, it feels like a bad 80s movie that they made in 2004. Yeah, and it's I'm it, mad at you that you made me watch this. <laughs> yes, I got you mad again. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Look, it's as much as I hate to say it, uh, you know, look, I'm a horror fan and I have this movie. I have the DVD. I'm not going to get rid of it. I, I, I just this is if you're a horror fan, you collect shit and there's no way around it. I have some real fucking clunkers and stinkers, and I also have some real degenerate shit, and then I have things, I have all sorts of stuff. So, for those horror fans out there, you sort of need to watch this just to get it out of your system, so check it out. You know what? Check it out. Tell us what you think about it. Watch the movie, and then interact with us at Subversive Cinema on Instagram or on Twitter. Tell me if you agree. Tell me if you disagree. Let us know. So, where can you find this? Ah, that's the rub. This one's a bit hard to find. If you want to find the director's cut, you'll find it on DVD. You're just going to have to go and look on eBay or something like that. It's not screening anywhere as far as I know. It's not streaming anything like that. So that's your best chance. But you know what? Find it, hunt it down, check it out, and let me know what you think. And if you've already seen it, do the same. As always, Devin, I got to thank you. I can't wait to have you back for Faces of Death. That's going to be fun. I hate your guts. I know, and I love yours. <laughs> well, thank you again, brother. I appreciate it. So until next time, everybody, stay subversive, and I will see you next week. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out, too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content. Subversive cinema.